I'm Cameron Kirsten. I'm Patrick Murray. And this is Video Queens. The show where two queens take a look back at the movies that made them. And this week we watched Outrageous. I think it's time you got some new material in your act. How about Chiffon? Obviously, you made me just say that. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Um, so yeah, this was your first time. This was like, I've seen this movie a lot. That um, tracks. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think? I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a movie I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a movie from 1977 mm-hmm. um, about a drag queen in a small town called Toronto, Canada. Regional <laughs> drag. Look it up. Um, who uh, makes it big and goes to New York City. She also has the schizophrenic friend who it took me a long time to find out was not her sister. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like, well, basically it's like this gay hairdresser, um, kind of discovering drag and also his, uh, female friend who just got out of a mental institution and their seemingly healthy friendship. Yes. Um, so it is, it is also the truish story. Uh, so um, the main character in this is uh, Robin. The character's name is Robin Turner, mm-hmm. um, played by Craig Russell, uh, who was a famous uh, Canadian drag queen, uh, who is a very, like the, the, the parallels in their lives are like pretty much dead on. It's basically a biopic. Um, and so this movie is actually based on a memoir written by the, um, the schizophrenic best friend. Oh, <laughs> I know. I oh. Wikipedia'd some of this. <laughs> okay. Well, but then, then what will I contribute? <laughs> if you've learned I how mean, to read Wikipedia. <laughs> I was still reeling. I mean, I really thought that in 1977, they had made a movie biopic of uh, drag queen Robbie Turner, a.k.a. the one who thought, who made up the weird Uber story, a.k.a. the one... Uh, the one on roller skates. Yeah, the roller skates. Um, but yeah, I I did. Um, that's funny you say that because I had a moment of like, I started to do some reading about it afterwards just because I was interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, wait, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly did write down the question, what border dispute? And that was meant for you, and I didn't look it up. Um, but I did kind of take uh, take a peek at Craig Russell. I found out there was a, um, there was a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in general, obviously, because I found the performance really uh, endearing and interesting, and um, I liked the persona of uh, Robin Turner. Mm-hmm. I don't need to justify this to you. You don't. Like, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I love hearing your narrative, but um, you don't owe me anything. <laughs> you don't owe me. Just $10. Sh- and yeah. 
I really I wish we could move on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is obviously like an important film because Robin Turner, not Robin Turner, Craig Russell, who plays Robin Turner. This is going to get confusing. Um, uh, I also, oh wait, I will just say that I pulled up Patrick because in my head, the character of, let's give Schizophrenic Friend a name. Her name is Liza. Her name is Liza. Uh, but in my head, I only called her Sissy's Basic. Dead. She looks a lot. She's like a, a thin, pretty 70s, like dark blonde hair. And, and. Carry down. There's a little bit of carry energy just because there is some mental instability. Yes. Um, yeah. So maybe we, don't, we haven't done this in a while, but I think just because I, I do really like this story, I'll, I'll like unpack it a little bit more. So like the inciting action is that, oh. um, uh, is that Liza has like busted out or checked herself out. It's never quite clear out of um, a mental hospital that she's been in for six years. And she goes and like looks up her childhood friend, um, Robin. And she busts out. Sorry? She busts out. But then they're like, well, the doctors be mad. And she's like, no, I was never technically committed. And the doctor, she like checks in with the doctors and they're like, well, I don't like it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think she hightails it out of there. She just like wasn't um, by the state or province, like deemed like, oh, you have to stay here. Like, right. it's almost like- um... <laughs> It was an elective. I was gonna say like, it's almost like Girl Interrupted when she realized she could leave the whole time, but I don't think that happens in that movie. No, <laughs> no. She can't leave because she does break out and they do get collected after Brittany Murphy kills herself. Right. The prison was just in her mind all along. Yeah. Um, and there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Anyway, so yeah. So Liza comes to live with Robin and Robin at the time is a bed, basically like a bedroom queen. Like she does other drag queens uh, wigs and hair. She's a hairdresser and like does drag at home. And I had a moment of like, oh my God, I'm Robin Turner at the beginning of this movie. I'm moving to New York. Um, and and then basically like, you know, is flirting with drag and flirting with doing drag and um, has like a drag friend who's not a great drag queen. We're kind of, I think like supposed to think. And I, I believed it. Um, You're my drag friend. <laughs> no, no. You're my Perry who always wants to do um, Karen Black. <laughs> And, and so Robin ends up doing, like, goes to, like, an amateur drag night and, like, like you know, blows up Toronto. But, of course, no one gets paid to do drag in Toronto. So he moves to New York. And he, the first person he meets in New York is a cab driver, becomes his agent all of a sudden. And they become, like, sassy gal pals. And, yeah. and yeah, and then Robin just keeps getting better and better. My favorite thing, too, is that, like, Robin, so in, for the first little bit, Robin only does stand-up. Like, he, he does impersonations. He doesn't lip sync and he doesn't do music. Then when he goes to New York, he's like, oh, I'll have to sing. And it turns out like that's the thing he is best at by like a wide margin. And it's yeah. like, oh, good thing you reluctantly like did the thing you're amazing at. Well, yeah, he has that whole, that like fantastic ability where he, I think he, when he's kind of like selling his persona, he's like, and it's my voice too. Like the, the voice that he puts on for the impressions and to sing and everything is his own. It's not lip syncing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really impressive. Like, yeah, like he it is this very like old school 
thing where he he does impressions, but it's not just that he looks like the people he impersonates. And the look is like, it's fair, but the really amazing thing is like the voices. It's the voice, yeah. Uh, so I made a list of all the characters that, um, that Robin does. Great. Um, yeah. Because it is like watching, like, like for, for the youth listening to this, because I'm sure we have a huge youth following. Like, yeah. I would describe Robin as a one-man snatch game. <laughs> okay, like it's, yeah. It's really, he does like, so his, his default is Tulula Bankhead, who, to be fair, I had to look up because she's like a stage actress from the 30s. Yeah, um, at first I fully thought that his drag name was Tulula. I wrote like, okay, so Robin is Tulula Bank. Um, <laughs> and then realized later, like, okay, no. Uh, yeah, so he does Tallulah Bankhead. Um, he does Betty Davis. And it was not my favorite Betty Davis ever. I'm going to be really honest. Um, but the Sarah thing Michelle that, Geller. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. No, the thing that like truly- Reba McIntyre. You're, you're fired. Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Melania Trump. Um, uh, she does Barbara Streisand and it's so funny. Um, that that's when I'm that's when I'm kind of like oh this bitch is the real deal. But um, Barbara was really good, and then weirdly I had to look up like because when it started I'm like oh this is Barbara. Then I was like wait, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I was like wait was Barbara Streisand alive yet? <laughs> she born in the seventies. She's like, mine, I was like right? I was like is this Barbara? Because he was also doing like Marlena Dietrich who yeah in my mind is from like 1803 that's a okay, that's an interesting point because mm, i never th- actually never thought about this because yeah like he does tend to do more old hollywood so he does i'm gonna do a list and then i will i will dissect it so he does tula bankhead betty davis barbara Streisand, carol channing marlene dietrich ethel merman ella fitzgerald bet midler and judy garland mm-hmm. and in my mind what i'm is like I mean, I'm kind of gagged because I was like, okay, the funny thing about camp drag is that those are all impersonations that people can and still do. But what I never realized is that for him, Bette Midler and Barbara Streisand are contemporary people. That's like us doing like- Ariana Grande. Thank you. Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a person. Okay, I thought that too, because his Bette Midler, like when he was like, I'm going to do Bette Midler, but then it was very like, it was like bathhouse Bette Midler. Which is who Bette, like, I mean, this is, Bette Midler was very like fresh in yeah. 77. And that's who that, that's who Bette Midler was. And it's funny that like, I feel like when we think of Bette Midler, we think of a much more like, I think of Hocus Pocus and the first one. Yeah. Yes. And then like, like being in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the, the, definitely the thing he was known for um, in real life, the thing that the um, the actor uh, Craig Russell was known for is his Mae West. Um, so Craig Russell, when he was a teenager, was the president of the Mae West fan club. Yes, Wikipedia told me that too. And did Wikipedia also tell you that he was actually Mae West's personal assistant before she died? Yes, it did. Okay, great. So I don't need to be here. Um... <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> For anyone out there who's wondering if they should uh, <laughs> take a class from uh, a doctorate <laughs> professor or just look on Wikipedia, the information is very much the same. Um, oh my God, it's pretty <laughs> I, I'd love to fight you on it, but I have, yeah. Um, so far we're two for two. <laughs> we're two for two. Um, 
Yes, fully. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I really do love, I think like of all the drag we're looking at, or we've looked at so far, because um, I feel like the last two movies we've watched with looking at like a pageant and then looking at John Waters, I've done this disclaimer of like, so I study drag, but this is not really my area. This is really my area. <laughs> like old Hollywood. <laughs> like, um, this is like my favorite kind of drag. This yes. kind of like high camp, sticky, yeah. just like wall to wall old Hollywood references. Um, this is where I live. Yes. Um, I certainly like it. Yeah, that's kind of, that would be my cup of tea too. It's interesting because like a, a lot of the references, the references, maybe the style of humor, like it was kind of like, I didn't, I don't think I really laughed out loud, but I felt like so happy mm. <laughs> the whole time. Like, it was kind of like watching, um, like it's like watching a beautiful performance in French or something. Right. Like, I, like I'm like, oh, I can, I know that the impression is good. A lot of the, because um, the thing is like, it's, it's probably all of those little things that make it like amazing. So it, it did still feel like I was watching someone operate or like watching someone perform at a really high level. Mm -hmm. um, there was a bit of that time capsule element of like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not catching everything, but I still like really enjoy it. Good, I'm glad. I, I did have a question for you and I don't know if this is like a game we play or, or how quite to phrase this. Um, yeah. Because I had a couple of moments of like, because this is 1977 and yeah. obviously like gay culture is very different. Drag is very different. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just wondering if you, because you mentioned this is kind of like I've got a time capsule thing. Like if there was anything about the historical moment of this that kind of like jumped off the screen for you. Um, yes. Okay. There, there were a few things that jumped off the screen. Um, there's a whole thing where like Robin Turner is a hairdresser, mm -hmm. but the, in this movie, it was like, yeah, you have the, the owner of the salon being like, you can't, like, I don't want you to be a drag queen because then our female clients won't want to come here because you're, it's like they, they want, like they're coming here. They don't want to come here for just a cut. They're coming here for validation from a man. And, uh, and he also kind of says like, I mean, it's a good thing you're living with that girl, but like that won't, like as if him living with the schizophrenic girl who I was very much like, that's his sister. Um, it's not, she's not his sister. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's kind of that thing going on over like the appearance of being straight and how that relates to like <laughs> how employable you are. In, in a field, yeah, like that, I think that definitely feels like a relic, the idea that like, listen, if you're gonna make field. it in the hairdressing field, you're gonna have to learn how to bush it up and play straight. 
Yes. Um, yeah. It's just not a it's conversation. Like, I feel like no one wants to get on this plane if there's some Nelly handing out peanuts and <laughs> headphones. Like, no, that is how we know that we are on a real flight. <laughs> um, um, it, it was interesting too to see this world of like, because yeah, the um, the guy who owns the hairdressing place is 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 like closeted. Yeah. Um, and there there is this kind of like back and forth with him and um and Robin about like that it's it's like I mean they're both queer they're both gay but the idea that like that he's kind of like half in the closet and kind of needs to be like it becomes more of a discretion I think than being totally um than like pretend it's not like he has like a like he hires someone to be his beard it seems to be more about he's like discreet about his sexuality um yeah. again because he wants to succeed as a hairdresser um <laughs> be realistic Oh, hold on. What was the other thing about like the time capsule? Um, this is a question more than anything. I was obsessed with the idea that I was like, does did Robin Turner have filler in 1977? And then what was it made of? I don't think so. 100% did. Sorry, I don't even mean to ask that as a question. Robin Turner had Robin Turner had filler. Um, I'm Googling the history of filler. And I wonder, I mean, that's not going to bring up anything. Oh my God, it did. You know what? Uh, dermal fillers made their debut in the 70s. So it's possible. Yeah. Okay. And it, it could have been collagen. Yeah. And then there was a lot of stuff around um, how Liza Spacek was treated with I, I mean yeah there's kind of like the um mental institution of it all yeah. and at every appointment they were like just god don't get pregnant you psycho <laughs> um they're truly always being like you need to take your birth control because you are so schizophrenic um I, mean, I think part of that I, I try to google schizophrenia pregnancy it wasn't super um helpful um <laughs> um weird porn comes up no um <laughs> but I, I think because at first they were just being it's like hi how are you feeling don't get pregnant um but at a certain point uh when they find out when she finds out she's pregnant and she kind of plays it like haha i tricked you all i'm pregnant yeah um her her doctor kind of says that one of the issues is that she's on so many medications Yes. is that her body won't be able to kind of like carry a baby to term um and and just the, the like the kind of like psychological toll it will take on her to like be pregnant go through labor because she is like i don't know a ton about schizophrenia you might say i know nothing um so i don't know if she is like high or low functioning but like she it is it is um an ongoing process for her yes <laughs> the one thing I, I did write down from uh, working in a mental health space for like two months, mm. um, there's, a, there's a time where like they kind of presented that like, oh, like Robin Turner knows how to take care of her. There is kind of this thing of like, are these two good for each? Like, it, it, I don't know. Okay. I'm all over the... Um, First of all, the pregnancy thing, I didn't even necessarily think like, oh God, like why can't, like there seemed like there were reasons for her not to, 
that were that sounded right but it, it just there's something about it that seemed a little it did seem dated and weird like I don't know there was something about that 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 was kind of interesting I'm like well yeah like she is kind of going through it what's it was hard to tell um there there but, isn't there was kind of like I wrote down that this was a devastating cut um because there's when when we kind of first see the two of them when like she comes into the apartment and she's like hey just busted out I'm gonna stay with you but I'm totally fine super normal mm -hmm. um and she kind of says she's like I'm not as crazy as they say I am and I'm already getting better smash cut it's her in bed talking to the ceiling and fighting the bone crusher so there's that so she's <laughs> in the bed being like fighting off an imaginary thing with her hands yeah and like Robin Turner gets in bed with her and it's like, we can fight it together. And they kind of like both like make this imaginary thing go away. So with that is my, not what you're supposed to do with someone with psychosis. <laughs> wrote down that, that I wrote down um, Robin Turner mime therapy question mark. Yeah, like if someone is like, oh my God, there are like all of these, um, uh, bugs living under my skin you're not like yeah whoa look at that one um you're not supposed to do that it's like you're <laughs> the more clinical approach is just to say like oh my god that like that must be really scary or to kind of like go into the emotion to not you're also not supposed to be like um no there aren't weirdo but like yeah i i was kind of like okay we're not you're not really supposed to do that but there is kind of this thing of like oh maybe they kind of like speak the same language or kind of like help each other so this this to me is actually totally a history moment because there's this so there is yeah like i think part of the theme that runs through the movie is that we're supposed to kind of understand that Liza is schizophrenic and Robin's a drag queen. So they're both misfits. <laughs> and there's this kind of like, you know, um, they're two peas in a pod. They're both outsiders. Yeah. And then at the very end, so spoiler alert, but to be fair, you've had about 40 years to watch this movie. So I'm not that sorry. Um, Liza's baby is stillborn. Yeah. And she just, it, you know, it sends her into kind of a spiral and she's almost catatonic. And yeah. Robin, Robin like kind of takes her to New York. It's like, I'm gonna take care of her. I was like, Robin, I don't know, this is great. And yeah. and takes her to her club. Uh, Robin takes Liza to her club to watch her show. And, and they're kind of backstage together. And Liza's like, maybe I'm gonna be okay. I don't know. And Robin's like, you know what? Here's the thing. You're crazy, but so am I. And yeah. anyone I've ever known who's worth knowing is, is crazy. And like, so like, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but part of it, I do want to put it in the like historical context of like this movie, like the real events of this movie take place in the early seventies where being gay was probably still classified as a mental illness. And that's the thing, like there, there is that time where people with mental illnesses and people who are gay and people exploring gender or performance or whatever would just be, castaways like it's not like oh you do this it's like you're you're a freak or you're outside of this world so like they are on the outskirts together totally and i think a big thrust of like early gay liberation culture and we talked about this a bit last week although it's a very different version of this is the well, idea what that, kind like, of thrust are you talking about oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
save your hands, you might need them for later. Oh, um, uh, Jesus Christ, what was I saying? Oh, right, early gay lib uh, that um, there, there was kind of a culture of like rejecting like normative society. And yeah. so the idea of like, and like a big part of that, and that, this still kind of exists now is like critiquing psychiatry as an institution. And the idea that yeah. psychiatry had kind of like, you know, pathologized queer people and had a really like problematic relationship in terms of like power structures. Um, yeah. So I think there's a certain amount of, you know, we're not bad, we're just different and we see the world differently. And and like, I get it, but I just feel like schizophrenia is such an extreme, I, I don't know, as someone who is like, I have had experience with mental illness and I have mental illness in like my social circles and families. I always get a little like icked when, when there's the full conversation of like, well, like, well, depression is just like an alternate version of seeing the world. And like, you know, like these are just, everyone's not supposed to be the same. We're all supposed to be different. And I was like, yeah, but having a really severe mental illness is not a form of enlightenment. It really yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I too had this thing of like, in the seventies, I kind of understand this. And as a theme, I kind of understand it, but it can get a little um, problematically like not self-helpy, but there's, I don't know, it's, it's a pretty broad brush to be like, listen, I'm a drag queen, you're schizophrenic, we're just different. It's true, I think, um, but there is something for like in the world of this movie of like, yeah, these two misfits that seem to connect. It's not like the burden of um, whether it's Liza's mental illness or whatever, like they don't, they actually don't seem to be, like they're not harming each other. They actually do seem to be like a stabilizing force in each other's lives. For sure. So it's like, in this case, you think, I'll allow it. Yeah, and I think definitely you kind of see like, not only is Liza um, a source of like very constant like affirmation and like love for Robin, mm -hmm. But you also kind of like, there are moments where, be, where when Liza is kind of like affirming Robin and being like, I love you and you're amazing. And I, I wish you could see how amazing you are. That's almost her at her most kind of like uh, stable and adult. Yeah. There's there's kind of like a recurrent theme too, where Liza really, like, Liza doesn't want to go back to the hospital and doesn't really like her doctors. And she has a shitty mother who's always trying to like, say like, you're so fragile. I want to take care of you. And, and mm -hmm. Liza really kind of wants to be independent. Mm-hmm. And, and ironically, it's her relationship with Robin where she kind of seems to be more independent. Yeah. Okay, why don't we take a little break yes. uh, and come back for some problems in the attic. Okay, wait. Do you want to pop up to the problematic? Sure. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to think about a joke of like a house that doesn't have an attic, um, but home ownership is so far away from me. I don't even know how to make one. Like ranch style, <laughs> something, something. Yeah, um, I didn't have one, but I'm interested to hear yours. Minor, I mean, minor, like we tiny. Oh, multiples. Like, like, but they're like boxes. They're like, 
Stand in your truth. Have your boxes. You know, like when you buy like one individual coffee mug and it comes in the most ridiculous box and you're like, bitch, this could have been a bag. Yes. I have those. I, I will just, I will say that like, there was a moment where I was like, do I put Liza's mental illness being equated with drag in the problematic? And I didn't. And I'm glad we talked about it pre-attic. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, because of like, because of history, also the fact that this is based on Liza's memoir, um, yeah. where it's like, this is her, like, this is not someone like appropriating, um, mental illness as like a metaphor for something else. This is like a person living with schizophrenia, talking about her experience. So I'm going to give her that. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. wasn't like, what if a drag queen and a schizophrenic lived together? They'd have so much in common, like right, as, right. The, as the pitch at Sony or something. Yeah. And it's not like a drag queen being like, what if I had a schizophrenic friend? Because we're basically the same person. Yes. Um, okay, party. Um, so there's there were two like little, little wee baby moments and there's such minor characters. Um, but my first tiny mug shaped box is there is a scene where Liza and Robin have a Christmas party. Yeah. And uh, Liza brings some of uh, her old friends. Uh, yeah. And a kind of like a straight girl who is a um, uh, an editor uh, who had a very small role in the craft. And oh, yes. She plays Feruza Balk's mother. <laughs> Not brother? Not brother. <laughs> Um, diehard fans will know that my thing is uh, clocking uh, relations of famous people. Um, yeah, brotherly anyway. di- family dynamics. Yeah, hashtag all Nev Campbell's brothers. Um, <laughs> right, so anyway, there's two friends. There's a straight girl and a French Canadian lesbian. And uh, Liza is like having a great time and she gets a call from her shitty mother and her mother's like, you're sick. I'm worried about you. You're bad at everything. Come home. And Liza like gets very triggered and then kind of like walks off and is like kind of sad and quiet. And then the two gal pals come over and be like, girl, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm hungry. And they're like, you haven't eaten? Robin treats you like a slave. And then like out of nowhere, go from like, we're not even characters to a 10 and flip out on Robin and call him like a self-involved narcissistic faggot. Yeah. And like, they're kind of coded, like one is kind of coded as being a lesbian and to have like, Liza is basically the only female character in this movie. And so to have the only other female characters just to kind of be these like mean, hard-headed, you know, it, it just seemed like a really weird detail. Um, and I didn't like love the optics of those characters. Maybe I'm reaching because there wasn't really much else. But um, I mean, you're getting a good stretch in because it does feel like a reach. Um, I... I didn't, I thought that was kind of interesting. Obviously they like say fag, but like, I don't care. Right. Um, I, I don't know, again, like for the world of the movie, I'm like, they probably would. Like um, it, I thought it, I actually really liked that part because it was kind of someone taking a look at like, is this dynamic healthy? Like. Mm-hmm the schizophrenic woman and the drag queen, like literally there's a point where <laughs> Robin Turner, um, I think Eliza's like talking about her illness and she said, that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters are sex movies and my career. So I thought that was actually like a worthwhile question to pose to the group. I Okay, I'll agree that it's a good question. I think my issue was that like these kind of characters came out of nowhere and were yeah. so 
like just escalated so quickly and were so mean. Right. That it was just kind of like, is this women in the world? It was a little anti-feminist. <laughs> I got a I got a, a whiff of anti-feminism from these yeah. like hard-headed, willfully misunderstanding zero to right. 60. Um, um, although at the end, Robin did have a reconciliation with Anne the French Canadian. After after uh, Robin leaves and Liza starts staying with some of her girlfriends and kind of deteriorates mentally and then uh, goes into labor. Anyway, there's a moment where where Liza calls Robin and basically just said like, the baby's dead, I'm dead. Hands the phone to her shitty mother. And the shitty mother is like, it's your fault, Robin Turner. And then yeah. hangs up and French Canadian Anne says, it's not his fault. <gasps> and then kind of basically like helps Robin when Robin comes to like bust um, Liza out again Anne's like okay I will help you so she has a little redemption moment um the other moment and this is just so like again I don't know if it's really problematic but I clocked it there's another character who is also um a former patient of the same institution that Liza has been in whose name is Martin Martin well done oh my God, Murder Martin you have come so far from Joey Blowy and Romy <laughs> Murder Martin um so Martin I Martin's thing is more so like where Liza tends to have hallucinations about kind of like otherworldly spectral figures who are like trying to attack her Martin is a little more in the neighborhood of I'm the next Chairman Mao and I will, you know, be a revolutionary. And there is this scene where they're at the table together and Liza is like writing in her book. She's kind of writing a memoir, which turns out to be a movie. And, and Martin is talking about his plans for replacing Chairman Mao and very conversationally talks about the fact that he's going to solve the border dispute um, by putting all the Chinese in concentration camps. Yeah. And, and and like yells at Liza, but he's not listening about the concentration camps. And then Liza says, well, how are you gonna get them in the concentration camps? And I just had a moment of like, you guys are saying concentration camps the way I talk about paper plates for a party. Like it's a little too, I don't know. And there was this thing of like, yeah, like just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't love him wanting to put, and I get that he's like literally psychotic, um, but. Yeah, later he very much stabs someone. Um, <laughs> Like, I'm like, can psychosis be problematic? <laughs> I mean, oh, I will tell you a story off camera of some pretty problematic psychosis. Um, but, okay, first of all, yeah, of course. But like, but but that's, that is real. Like, that's reality. Like, the thing is, we're all influenced by uh, the world we live in. So everyone's, uh, <laughs> people's psychosis that they truly cannot control right. is not going to be is not gonna <laughs> always live in like our, like a politically correct <laughs> world. Not yet, um, Psychi psychosis is not necessarily gonna be inclusive. <laughs> Please buy my new book, Inclusive Psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and my rival bookstore will be selling exclusive psychosis. <laughs> I think for me, just knowing that we do talk about problematic elements of like older movies sometimes. There was a scene in which people were talking about concentration camps and no one seemed to object to them. I just had to write it down. Like, like fair. Yeah. I think um, you're right. And like um, the way that conversation was a little bit like, <laughs> like, 
I did very much do a good. Um, somehow I still managed to only write down what border dispute, huh? Um, so the, the border dispute is between Russia and China. Oh. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's not the most exciting thing about that scene. For me. Okay. For me. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was definitely... I can obviously, yeah, 100% I see what you're saying, but my, I was just like, well, uh, if Robin Turner was in the room as well and was like, good point, um, <laughs> right. I, I might have written it down. Right. Um, but yeah. Party. Um, okay, what was the thing? Okay. There's just something, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this. Oh. Okay, so as we've both acknowledged, we did like some uh, Wikipedia research. Um, I had this thing where I was like, uh, again, there's something I, I always find kind of interesting about, um, obviously like one of the biggest things that's happened to uh, the queer community was the AIDS epidemic. And taking a look at movies that are like before or after, and, you know, obviously there's been a lot of, a lot um, about the AIDS epidemic itself. Um, so it was interesting to see, uh, to see something in the seventies and you're like, I don't know, weirdly, sometimes I think of that, I can get this like fantasy gay world of like right before AIDS, like we're starting to be free. Like everyone's just fucking on the piers. Mm. Um, and then there was something about like looking up Craig Russell and then just seeing like died 1990 at age 40 that just like cracked my heart. Yeah. Of just like where you're watching this and it's like, it's so nice, especially as Canadians, like no offense, but like sometimes like Canadian content is just so, like can be so like derpa derpa mm. and like there's this you have this like this talent um doing this this drag performance that like I don't know like it's like when you look back at old clips of like Lip Synca or um uh Lee Bowery and you're like oh my god like this point of view this skill set this like um this thing and like um uh and then just like and then they're just gone. Mm. Like, and to think of like his career was, I, I don't know a ton about Craig Russell, obviously, like this was my first kind of exposure, but again, there's very much that thing of like, oh, like what else could they have done? Like um, there was this movie, I guess there was a sequel, which work. Um, Maybe we'll do one day. Well, we must. We must. Um, yeah, of just like it. I don't know. There was just something about seeing the movie exist in a world where AIDS wasn't there yet, and then like you look up the person in it, and they died at age forty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Craig Russell did die of uh, a stroke and complication um from AIDS and yeah I mean that's I think obviously a thing like I feel like we're pretty aware of it but I don't know that like the children coming up understand that like the thing about 
I mean, obviously it's Pride Month, and I think this is a particularly good time to like reflect on this, but the yeah. thing about the AIDS epidemic um, and the like more long-term effect of it is like like so many, so many, so many people died. Um, yeah. But that also like the, the long-term effects that has on our community is like we lost multiple generations of, like we lost so many generations of like potential people, like people that were quite young, um, but we yes, also lost like who was who were the writers, the performers, the provocateurs, like like when you kind of think of like all of the movies and books and plays and works of art that like didn't get made, um, and the people whose careers were kind of like stopped short. Um, yes. So people, yeah, like people who like because yeah, Craig Russell, you know, started in the seventies, so it's not like he didn't have a chance to produce any work, but um, he very very almost certainly would have gone on um, and would have like influenced uh, more generations of like queer people. So there is such a like, it's interesting. I, I haven't studied this extensively, but like, I'm sure there is some kind of like cultural gap between um, mm-hmm. that generation and our, like, like basically like the generation of like baby boomers and generation Xers versus millennials, because we grew up with a huge reduction of gay mentors. Yeah. Um, uh, and specifically, like thinking of of drag queens coming up in the '90s and 2000s, who had comparatively less, I think, people to turn to. Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing that Ru- like RuPaul is a survivor of the AIDS. Um, like RuPaul is of the generation that was kind yeah. of decimated by AIDS, so it's kind of amazing that he's still around. Um, yeah. Yeah. One thing that was like also struck me, and maybe this is more of like a history moment, but also not like a super kind of like a recent history moment is there's there's a couple of scenes where um Robin when he's kind of struggling with whether or not he wants to be a drag queen and then when he actually does become one and hooks up with a guy who's like I'm kind of not interested in you if you're a drag queen but maybe if you pay me um oh yeah yes, 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 yes. Re- he brings a guy home and then kind of says like hey can I get some money now because you're a drag queen and yeah and then Robin later says to Liza, it's like, I just, I hate that I see this gorgeous guy. And he looks at me and all he sees is a drag queen. Yeah. And, and like, that's something that I've heard, like, I've heard like drag race stars talk about the fact that this has been a, a major shift. Yeah. Um, like one thing that is, is crazy. And I, I think maybe that people under like 25 don't quite realize is that the stigma around doing drag before the drag race explosion was that like, Yep. You really have to want to do this because not only are you probably never going to make money off of this, but you will become a social pariah. No one is going to want to like date or have sex with you. Um, yeah, it, it's so so stigmatized, and that's something I've heard. Um, uh, a lot of people who are have been on uh, Nicole Byers' podcast have kind of talked about the flip, and that like now people actually want to have. I mean, like it's in a very like starfucker way. That's not great, um, but the but- fact that like doing drag is now something that people respond to positively like if you're a drag queen it's like oh cool I love drag yes um yeah I've I've like I have friends who who did drag in the the 2000s who would kind of say that like they would wait until the third day to tell a guy yeah um because it's kind of like I don't want to scare you off and and this is probably going to be a deal breaker unless you already like me yeah I thought that too when that was happening um Okay, so do we want to do like some stray observations? I love stray observations. Um, Bring them home because I found them outside their strays. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I really loved when 
uh, Robin Turner gave like the white woman a haircut <laughs> to look like Elizabeth Taylor and the the other person just goes Irish Cleopatra <laughs> that's good that made me laugh um I liked when I think actually Robin said this to Liza he says you're not the only person in the world with feelings mm. remember that everyone mm-hmm. um uh Eliza says to um <laughs> Uh, who's the friend who who's the friend that also does drag and then like disappears Perry yeah Eliza says to Perry because Perry's like oh can I borrow a dress and she goes your thighs and your legs are twice my size there's okay there's another great moment there too where like he 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 starts going through her clothes and he's like oh I'll just take anything I'll take like like the crappiest thing you own and then he grabs this kind of like peach pantsuit yeah. And he goes, she goes, oh, this. And Liza goes, no, that's my best. And he goes, this is your best? That, like, he wanted it instantly, but like, that was good. Okay. That's funny because then she says, you'll stretch it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks pretty um, good. But also, just like your thighs and your legs are twice my size. I'm like, isn't the thigh the leg? But okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Also, there's like a list of movies. Um, I forget what he says. He's like Joan Collins and whatever. Da, 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 da. And Eliza Connor in Schizo Forever. Yes. Yes. I enjoyed that. Um, um, oh, so oh yeah. Like think- when she says that thing where she's like Esme West and she's like, oh, uh, if I knew you were here, I would have worn a leather boa. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, the, the other drag queen in the New York club, who's also kind of like, like the manager and the bartender does this like bizarre, there's no music. It's just a live band. And she like comes out in like pigtails and like this, like really big baby doll dress and does this like bizarre number. And I'm like, I was transfixed. Yes. I also liked at the very, very beginning, I was like, oh my God, we just saw like the first reveal at Stonewall. Like it was like someone does like, true, there were a lot of reveals in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> it's so funny to look back on it where you're like, okay, so, because obviously people will complain that like the drag race finales, like they'll be like Sasha Velour ruined the finale because now everyone's just doing reveals. And it's like, reveals have always been around, but like <laughs> the um, the manic uh, chaos about like getting your reveal off on TV during a battle number uh I think is a uniquely RuPaul's Drag Race thing like it's like when we're watching these reveals it's someone in a club being like it's either it's kind of burlesque or like it's just not like I have to pull this thing really quickly no I think yeah like I think historically reveals more are like I have one piece of clothing on and I take it off and there's another piece of clothing under whereas now it's like I'm wearing a paper mache Ruth Goldberg machine and I pull four (laughs) strings and it turns into like a fully functional like water feature yes yes we are all in the age of just like drag transformers (laughs) um Um, uh so there's a really awesome cameo in this movie um you you told me to keep my eyes peeled yeah so um do you know who it is is? she and iman 
no. Uh, okay. So it, the, the like right before the movie's endings, like after um, uh, um, I can't remember anyone's name. Uh, right after Robin does her like second last number, and he and Liza are having their heart to heart, we get kind of get cut to the club, and there's like a young uh, black queen doing a number. And at the end of the movie, where Liza and Robin are on the dance floor together, this like young queen um, is kind of just like dancing around them and like kind of like you know like flirting with the crowd that is a 22 year old michelle ross oh work yes um for those of you playing at home michelle ross uh has was a toronto like legendary icon of the village um has been performing since the early 70s uh she passed away this year uh quite recently actually um it's, it was really sad and it was a real like blow to the community but like I don't know I've always seen Michelle Ross perform because she's obviously been performing literally since before I was born um and I, I I watched this movie I think this first or second time I I saw this I watched it with my friend um our friend Richard friend of the show and he just like mm-hmm. leaned over and said that's Michelle Ross and I lost my mind dead yeah um, I think the other thing is like I feel like this movie is actually um, my introduction to to Mae West. Oh, I feel like for most people, and like I think most like people at least like our age, um, that's right, we're the same age now, Patrick. I'm lumping you in. Wow. Um, uh, I think most people kind of discovered Mae West through uh, Alaska, right? When she did her on Snatch Game, and that's a great entry, and she was so fantastic. But I mean, when this this was kind of my realization of, and the funny thing about Mae West is that like whether or not you've ever heard of that once someone does the lines you know exactly who that is because just her this kind of persona of the like is that a, like like is it a gun in your pocket or you just happen to see me the like oh oh yeah oh. yeah that's such like a it becomes so universal yeah um, but yeah i think this is such like a an awesome drag historical document um yeah that was outrageous uh, yeah well i'm so glad you liked it i did well, thank you everyone for listening once again. Yeah. <laughs> We're never great at this. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to uh, like, subscribe, uh, give us a little rating on iTunes, maybe even a review. Uh, it helps people find us and validates my existence. If you'd like to further validate Patrick's existence, you can email us at videoqueenspod at gmail.com. You can send us uh, movie suggestions or uh, just say hi, tell us you're enjoying the show, or tell us why you're not enjoying the show and give us some notes. Um, Fuck that. Do not. I'll set the (laughs) spam folders. You will not get. (laughs) No. (laughs) You can also uh, send us a tweet on Twitter. We are at videoqueenspod on Twitter and we're also videoqueenspod on Instagram. If you put in videoqueenspod to kind of any platform, we're probably there. Yeah. And we'll and be back if we're next- not, we're still watching. Oh, shit. Um, we will be back next week for part four of our uh, Pride Drag Movie Marathon. So make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss it. We are going through each color of the rainbow and uh, next week is yellow. Um, so piss play. That's not a thing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay, bye.